Hello and welcome back to the second episode of our Scooby Pod. Um, at the time of recording, we still don't have a name. <laughs> it's it's into the Scoobyverse. Into the Scoobyverse. I kind of like that. <laughs> we'll have to see if that's taken. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there's like so many Scooby Doo podcasts out there that like all of the good names are already gone. So yeah. we'll just un- until we come up with a name, we'll just keep pitching names every. We'll time just we keep record. pitching names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it'll be something. I'm sure that by the time it goes up, we will have a name, and it'll be on the uh, beautiful art that is hopefully featured on your podcatcher of choice. But this is a show where we uh, deep dive into different uh, Scooby-Doo franchise. Hello, Dora. Uh, I know. I know. Um, Scooby-Doo franchise, like shows and movies and stuff like that. In our last episode, we talked about uh, the first live-action Scooby-Doo movie and also the first two episodes of the newest show, Velma. And this episode, we're talking about the next two episodes of Velma and the first six episodes of Mystery Incorporated. Dora has a lot of words to say. (laughs) She is so upset. I don't know what is uh, going on with her, but she's unhappy. But yeah, I believe we're going to start with the first two episodes of Velma. Um, so I guess we can start just by, did you like them better? Uh, we sort of, at the last episode, we're sort of hopeful for what was to come, but we weren't like, yeah. super impressed yet. Yeah, so um, if you're listening to this, you've probably already watched the show. So you know that at the end of episode two... Um, Velma has this like hallucination and kisses um, Daphne at the end of the episode or Daphne rather kisses Velma to break her out of the hallucination. And so that happening um, at the end of episode two directly feeds into what happens pretty much for the entirety of episode three. Um, And I will say I enjoyed episode three. I think episode three was, like, fairly fun, and episode four was a little less fun. Um, I will say, like, it felt like I was starting to see, like, glimmers of things that um, can work well in it, um, in this show, in this series. So I think episode three actually, it was great starting with it here this week because um, we've basically just been waiting for the new episodes to drop. So starting here with episode three, I was like, ooh, yes, I see mm-hmm. what's happening here. It's still not yeah. amazing, but yeah. like I still see it, you know? Yeah, that is like basically exactly how I felt. Like episode three, I was like, all right, I see where this is going. Um, I certainly <laughs> liked it better than episodes one and two, um, which even said as part of like their theses and promise in those first two episodes that they were going to be sort of the most extreme examples of what we would see with like um gratuitous nudity and uh like gore and stuff like that and here it's not mm-hmm. like they like completely shy away from that uh but it's certainly a lot lower key but i found myself kind of having fun episode three i'm like okay i, I kind of dig this like you know it's not like my favorite show ever or anything um i'm not the hugest adult animation fan but i was like mm-hmm. 
smiling at some points when I watched it. Um, I did sort of come around that I think that the Scooby quadrangle love thing is actually pretty funny, and I've mm-hmm. been kind of enjoying that. Um, without Scooby, it still kind of feels like, why is this Scooby-Doo? Um, but I thought that we saw more of... Um, what the subversion of the characters were supposed to be in episodes uh, three and four. And mm-hmm. it felt a little bit more like Scooby. I don't know, like a hundred percent, but it felt like it was getting better. Um, certainly yeah. not the, like, I think it's like the lowest ranked cartoon on IMDb or something now. Um, I think that that's review bombing a little bit. Um, I think that people don't like Mindy for sort of, weird complicated possibly racist reasons um not to say that anyone who didn't vibe with the show you know has like horrible intentions but i was kind of like this is a little bit better than i think people give it credit for although still not like the most brilliant thing i've ever seen and i will also clarify because i think i said last time mindy was the showrunner it's actually charles grady who frequently collabs with her oh okay yeah i actually haven't um like looked into like mindy's whole like backstory actually like all of the different shows that have happened up until this point really yeah so that makes sense yeah i sort of like loosely followed her stuff um because i did like the office and i thought that she was like good at it i think that some of her stuff is better than others but this one she's executive producer and also like the main character but she's not like the showrunner Mm. yeah I definitely think, like, uh, the, like, Mindy Kaling, like, profile is actually, like, probably hurting the show more, for sure. And, I mean, of course, it's not necessarily all her fault. Of course, there's, mm-hmm. like, some, you know, uh, racist things in that, that, of course, are just not valid at all. But I do think, like, it's, like, her profile is kind of hurting the show. And I also feel like it's kind of weird that we did get just the first two episodes. I feel like I would feel so much differently about this show if we didn't have a week in between episodes two and three in particular. Um, Like if we even got like the first three, I'd be like, ooh, yeah, that's a much better like, here's what we're getting at kind of um idea of the show versus ending it with two i know Mm -hmm. that they wanted to end with like that cliffhanger of like oh they kissed now what but i will say that like it was legitimately such an afterthought the velma and daphne kiss that i kind of forgot that it was a thing (laughs) until i got the like recap on episode three and i was like oh that is what happens right at the end it's like it just happens and then you're like okay the episode just ends and i don't know maybe you could say i wasn't watching the episode super closely but i think that that's exactly how people watch tv these days anyway yeah Um, like it's it's definitely not a huge deal like when it actually happens in the episode and then episode three just kind of becomes like a huge focus yeah i i agree with you i was like thinking to myself after episode three like why didn't they do the first three and then just release like one an episode or something um I tend to, so if I was not watching Velma for a show, I probably would have waited until it all came out and watched it all at once. It's almost always what I do for shows uh, because I like it when they drop all at once sort of in the Netflix style versus having to wait. Um, And I feel like it 
makes me understand a show very differently when I'm like waiting a week in between them. And for mm-hmm. something like um like WandaVision, for instance, where there's like a central mystery, I think that that kind of works because then like you're uh you're talking about the show on like let's say like forums like reddit or something trying to figure out like the clues and what's going on people are writing think pieces about it stuff like that and that's sort of also what's going on here um every time new episodes drop people are talking about how bad they are and just like (laughs) talking about (laughs) the the hbo velma show constantly and uh to the opposite effect i think of what they want which is to um get it canceled or something um but yeah it's (laughs) yeah episode three like softens so much compared to the other two that the show just like is a little bit more fun than when they're doing Mm -hmm. like the ultra edgy thing um and circling back to what you said about mindy i was like also kind of thinking as i saw like you know articles coming out about it like oh it's the lowest rated cartoon ever on imdb and like you know it's all sorts of stuff. I was also thinking about Glenn Howerton, honestly, who uh, also does this sort of like very edgy humor because he's one of the main people on Always Sunny. I think that he's mm-hmm. written a couple of their episodes. Um, he's done, you know, a number of other things. And I'm kind of like, people don't react in quite the same way to him as they do to Mindy, which is why. No, not at all. <laughs> which is why I like, you know, couldn't help but think like, not all of the backlash because I do think that there are like massive problems with episode one and two and like I don't blame anyone for just genuinely being like you know what this isn't for me or like I don't think you should joke about that stuff or whatever that's all well and good but I think just like when you look at the amount of what's going on and like the review bombing and that sort of thing it's Mm -hmm. like is this because she's a woman of color leading a TV show on HBO like, and who has race swapped a character on top of that? Yeah, I think like there's like this expectation of like, um, I don't know. It's like this, it's this level of like accountability, I think, that is not quite applied to other comedians in the space. Notably, yeah. you know, like white comedians or white male comedians especially, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's something that is is totally valid here. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and like I said, I'm not trying to say that if you didn't like Velma, you are like secretly a misogynist racist. Like that's not what I'm saying at all, but it, it is something I do wonder about with stuff like this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how much of this is like review bombing for like not very good reasons? Um but yeah, that was just something I was that was in the back of my mind as I was like watching the show, especially as it started to kind of find its footing with stuff, uh, be kind mm-hmm. of cute. Something that I think that they did well, which I don't always think shows do well, is that it kind of took on some sort of like almost fan fiction-y aspects where it's like the gang's all smooching each other and there's this like weird like love quadrangle and stuff. And I think that they made it fun, which other shows have a lot of trouble doing. Yeah, yeah. I do think like it's um like what they're doing, like especially starting episode three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think of this idea of like actually... Um, like taking like a like a shitty first impression and like tweaking it just so yeah i think in that episode um i think like you see all of the characters a little bit differently 
Yeah. And um, I think it was like, which is just so frustrating because it's like, why would you only give me the first two episodes and I then know. like yeah. get your show <laughs> review bombed because I'm like, they all make the worst first impressions. Like Fred is like awful and yeah. like gets a little bit more likable um, in episode three. And then um, Norville, I, like I said last time, I think was already the most likable, mm-hmm. even if his character was like still not great. Um, he gets more likable in episode three. I think I laughed like three times for a Norville joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think he definitely comes off like more wholesome and I think more like the like actual idea of, of what we come to know with Shaggy right at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like that kind of comes through a lot more. Um, yeah, you get that kind of turn there with Daphne a little bit. It's just like episode three in general just kind of like marks like a whole like shift I think in the show for me. And I will yeah. say episode four definitely is like not as good. Um, but I think part of the reason why I think I liked episode three so much though, is that they're not trying to like advance this. I'm frankly uninteresting mystery to be honest yeah. forward. Um, like I think I was fine with what they were doing with knowing the context of only the first two episodes that like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm fine with like this ongoing mystery, but then we get episode three and I'm like, it's actually a little bit more of an enjoyable show if they're not so like, like like stuck to that mystery i think yeah um and it's like this uh velma like backstory thing and then these like murders happening which it's just like it's being revealed so slowly that i think it's just like not giving much Mm -hmm. and like you need more going on in each episode i think to kind of like hold you over where like episode three i think just had like a lot more going on both of the plots were very strong in that episode yeah it was just like a fun little episode um mm-hmm. it did yeah it, it moved away from the like brain stealing hot girls thing quite a bit um i think to its credit it let us like learn a little bit more about the characters and how they were in fact a subversion of like what you know the archetypical scooby-doo characters are and also just like little quirks of their personalities and like it let them be funny and interesting and stuff like that and it let these relationships between them continue to uh form and grow deeper um episode four also does that in some ways but it does it like a little bit less um there's like the goofy betty for dan like fred reads the feminine mystique and suddenly is attracted to like uh to like uh girls who are like very self-actualized um, which I thought was like cute. I guess it was it was a funny little <laughs> B plot. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was it. It was, and and it also sets up him, you know, being into Velma. Now. Yeah, it gives him a reason to be into Velma because she sort of opens his eyes to like what women can be, and then that also plays into the larger themes in the episode about like femininity. Um, and of course, it does this all through like an adult animation satire lens. But I, mm-hmm. I think that there's like something there. I think that they were saying something. Um, and it, yeah, I, I guess insofar as the mystery goes, I kind of, like, I sometimes forget that this is supposed to be Scooby-Doo characters. I kind of forget about the, like, murders going on. And I know that they do, like, give these characters, like, names and backstories and stuff, but it's like, oh, someone's stealing hot girl brains and it's played a little bit like a joke. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping, I'm like waiting and seeing on it. I'm like, I really hope that this like does in fact go somewhere. And again, it's easier to see that when the whole season is dropped at once, but we're getting like snippets at a time. Um, I think that the thing with Velma's mom is fairly interesting, although clearly that's supposed to be like a sort of like seasons long mystery as opposed to like the kind of season long mystery of the murderer stealing brains or whatever. Mm hmm. But um, yeah, it's insofar as the mystery goes, it's kind of like, eh, it's fun. It's Scooby-Doo. There's supposed to be a mystery. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to be very curious to see if like episode five ends up like really turning things for, I think like, I, I don't know. I feel like the pace of the mystery is like very slow for this season. Like we've basically learned nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you wouldn't even know who to suspect at this point almost because it's been like so focused on the central characters that unless it's like legitimately one of them. um, I mean, I try to like pay attention to like clues and stuff. And again, I'm sort of forgetting that there's a mystery, so I'm probably not paying the most attention. And it's hard when you wait week to week. And I'm sure if I go on Reddit, someone has compiled a, uh, a whole big thing on all the clues and who the murderer is. But it's... Like, you have to wade through all of the yeah, hate you, pieces. Yeah, you have to wade through, like, <laughs> on one side, people being mad that they race swap characters, and on the other side, people being mad that, like, they make jokes about, like, culture war stuff, and it's it's all bad all the way around, so you kind of have to be on your own a little bit with it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're kind of on an island here, being I know. like, I don't know, I kind of liked episode three, and episode four wasn't terrible. <laughs> yeah, episodes one and two, I, if people bounced off the show after that, I like I said, I, I truly do not blame people, but it's really just how, like, are people really that into Velma that they are like, so angry about it like you know that into like scooby-doo and the character and stuff like that um although i did read a tweet a while ago that i thought was really funny where someone had brought up that point and was like oh like why does everyone care about scooby-doo all of a sudden and then someone replied (laughs) like if you live in north america you just get that as a starting skill that you're a scooby-doo fan i'm like fair Mm. enough (laughs) we all just love scooby-doo we all just love scooby-doo I'm trying to see how many episodes there are supposed to be. There's supposed to be ten. Yeah, there's I like supposed to be ten. So we're yeah, mm-hmm. we're almost halfway through, and I like could not. Yeah, like I think of Wednesday, which is the other uh, big show that came out uh, last year, I guess that had like a central mystery to it, and also had like a reimagining of a character that has been like put in many different iterations and really even from the first episode you could kind of like start to pick up pieces of the mystery and like form your theories and stuff like that but this one it's it really is like and maybe that's more in line with scooby-doo that they just like at the end they're just like oh well we only showed you three characters so just guess yeah. which one it is <laughs> <laughs> it's it, that is like a very scooby-doo thing for sure where you're yeah. just like I think as a viewer, there are very few times I actually figure out the mystery in a Scooby-Doo episode. Like, very few times. Yeah. Uh, because there's, like, okay, I guess I just... Like, I, I would certainly be able to just guess a character, but, like, yeah. I wouldn't be able to just pick it up by watching it. Yeah. And so I guess that does feel fairly Scooby-Doo. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. is not, this is not Knives Out here. <laughs> yeah. 
um, to reference, I guess, something we're talking about a little bit later. It was in the Crab Man episode of Mystery Incorporated where they're like, oh, yeah, it's this other guy whose name you didn't know t- until right now. But you saw him <laughs> in the picture of a newspaper. And then you saw him later. And you could, like, tell because of the single identifying feature on him. And I was like, what? Like, how are yeah. you supposed to figure that out? Classic but, um, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times but that's also like you know the original show is for like little kids and also it's it's so much a like a factory versus like other shows where it's like more of an artistic expression like trying to say something where it's just like you know fun little monster of the week like we're not going to introduce a million new characters to you so we're going to introduce like two or three and then it's sort of like a coin flip who it ends up being and it's always because of money or something yeah and it's always for something like that. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think, like, the central mystery not advancing very much, though, in episodes three and four is, like, kind of overall to the detriment, kind of, of the show. Especially seeing that episode four of Velma um, kind of, uh, I don't know, like, pivoted back to that Um I was like, okay, cool. All right, we're keeping the mystery moving forward. And then it doesn't uh they spend like the whole episode which i thought was fairly entertaining you know doing the whole like um this like focus on femininity and um Mm -hmm. then you have you have the velma plot line with all of the hot girls and then you have fred um you know reading the feminine mystique and then getting attracted to you know all these different women and so i think that i mean it was it was fine but i'm just like I think the overall mystery really needs to kick in a high gear here um, and probably needs to happen here in episode five, if I had to guess, um, to just keep things moving forward um, just for like the overall kind of arc of the show. If they are still doing like this adult animation, you know, we're just taking down different things or parodying things. um for each episode i think it won't be a ton of holdover if you're gonna do the week-to-week release you know yeah and i guess that also even introduced like a third and fourth mystery really just like a bunch of mysteries about each one of the the gang like the mystery inc um because there's the thing with daphne and mm-hmm. we we at least know at this point where she needs to go and that there and that she didn't go there and there was something sinister i'm trying to remember exactly what it was i watched it last night i should have written it down there was something weird with like norval or something i don't remember quite what it was i remember thinking like oh that could be like the start of a mystery i think it was something with his mom and then i don't think that there was anything mm. with, well i guess the the thing with fred was uh was velma's mom like the last place that she was uh that she was like definitely was fred's house yeah Um, yeah they've definitely set that one up i'm trying to think of what this norville thing is that you're talking about though maybe i like completely made it up i was like a little bit tired (laughs) yeah i swear it was like something with his mom she implied something weird or something like that i don't know i might have made it up um, oh, I think I think yeah, I think you might be right. I think that is something that I don't remember which episode it was in, but yeah, I, I, think, I, I think it, it was, was like an offhand three. line. Yeah, yeah, it was like a weird offhand line that his mom makes that you're just I think supposed to sort of be like, oh, 
Um, there's some. There's supposed to be something going on with all their parents, I think, which is not the most unusual also for Scooby Media to be like, oh, it's the adults getting into some shit. Like, mm-hmm. that happens in A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, I think, a number of times. That mm-hmm. happens in Mystery Incorporated, which we'll talk about later. Um, yeah, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. I will say, as much as I enjoyed, because we've been kind of heaping praise on episode three, even though it's still not amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think one of the things that is like uh, just really been more annoying, I think, as the show kind of goes on, I think is the really weird use of violence for a comedy. Um, it's like, I don't know. it, that, And that's not like super untypical of adult animation, but like there are some times where it's like, oh, we'll just have somebody get, like, very badly beaten or, like, suddenly shot for a joke in the show, which just feels very, like, like, just off. It's It just does not tonally make much sense in the show because, like, first off, Scooby-Doo is already very wacky. Um, Yeah. As we've kind of seen with some of these characters, the tone is kind of, like, more wacky. And, um... Yeah, it's just weird to have, like, this, like, ultra-violent thing. I think at one point, Daphne, like, beats someone up, and there's, like, a ton of blood. Yeah, Um, it was the last person before Velma. I remember thinking that, too, like, ooh, this is... (laughs) Like, that was unnecessary. Like, it's it's so weird. And, like, I get, like, the the plot need for it, because, like, you needed to have Daphne go off to the bathroom, and then you could have this scene with with her and Velma uh, having a conversation right after that. But it was like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, I just, I don't know. Like, you could have accomplished the same thing by, like, Daphne, like, losing control and being like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom or whatever to, like, get my nerves together or something. Like, yeah, it's, like, literally the exact water. same thing. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, the classic trope. Like, you can just do that. You know, it doesn't need to be, like, this, like, super bloody thing and i do think like it's things like that that kind of make me feel like some of this is like shoehorned in for like making it more adult because i Mm -hmm. feel like the story itself is actually not very adult no not at all i almost like thought a couple times while watching really all four episodes like this feels in some ways like a show on adult swim and like the oos <laughs> like it's like mm-hmm. ultra violent and like sexualized for kind of like no reason other than to be sort of like edgy and cool and i don't have particularly fond memories of those shows um i didn't watch like a ton of them but it it really does feel like why is this like this because it's almost like you could turn the dial down a little bit on it and Mm -hmm. have it be like a pg-13 velma and like i mean swearing is whatever they do i guess cost a lot in the show um i don't think that swearing means you can't like show it to teenagers but like it feels like it could like almost be for like a 16 year old like they're supposed to be in the show i think they're like 16 17 something like that um but instead it like turned up a lot of things for like reasons and then they're like oh well it's just like these other things in pop culture and it's like yeah i guess but also like i think that the show would benefit from like leaning into um 
Velma's weird eccentricities and like the mystery with her mom and mm-hmm. she's also like has a crush on all these other people and sometimes they have a crush on her and like um I think that that's what's like fun and interesting about the show um but yeah, then every once sure. in a while it'll be just like a totally different thing like there was one part uh where you know they're in the band room and someone like has a tuba and like is trying to like empty it out and like someone's like foot falls out of it and stuff and it's like okay like cool i guess and it wasn't like super gory or anything but just sort of like huh why is this here i I totally agree that there's like just these like gags that are like the gag is violence and i'm like okay like 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 i said i'm not this makes me sound like i'm such a fucking prude yeah (laughs) like i'm really not like it's not even that i'm opposed to it or that like i think that you can't do a more like r-rated like scooby-doo kind of feel or anything like do i think that that could be interesting Yeah, yeah it's just like the way that it's done here feels just cheap and like unnecessary and not motivated by like anything other than oh we're earning our rating and our place on hbo is how it feels i guess to compare it to another cartoon too that's how i felt about the first season of vox machina which i actually didn't finish and i'm a i i I like critical role like especially the vox machina arc like i think it's fun but like i watched the show and i got through maybe half of it again it was like being released in like small streams and stuff and i was just like oh man uh, I'll wait till the end until they all come out and then I just never watched it. But it was like they would just drop F-bombs just to like earn the rating or it would be like ultra gory. It seemed like just to earn the rating and not to say that within the genre that can't work, but it felt like it turned it up to 11 and there wasn't like really an artistic idea behind it besides just like being like, oh, it'll be like edgy and cool and stuff and not for kids because we're like not doing this for kids right like yeah this isn't your this isn't your your childhood scooby-doo we have violence in here and like not silly wacky goofy violence without blood yeah yeah it's, it's just weird it is weird like i do i will say one of the um things that i i kind of like about this show that's probably like a, a little thing that's probably very specific for me, but I am a hoe for like um like sight gags and like sign gags and things. And there's like fun little stuff in here mm-hmm. in this show. I think there was actually something in maybe back in episode one. I think the uh the camera like pans over like a bookshelf or something and mm-hmm. like I like paused to read all of the titles and all of the titles were like very meta self-referential mm-hmm. things, um, you know, of like just like mocking people that would pause to like look at it, <laughs> which I just love shit like that. And so yeah. I do think there's like little stuff like that that I think is fun in this show, which I think does kind of nod to, of course, like the the Simpsons, Futurama, all of those like, you know, classic, more adult leaning animation kinds of shows with with that long history of, of doing a lot of great sight gags. And so yeah. I think there's some things that I've definitely like been enjoying in the show, even if overall it's kind of like, mm, meh. but I definitely feel more warm to the show this week than I did last week for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Todd was walking by as I was watching it and he was like, Oh, you're watching that like terrible show again. I'm like, it's getting better. 
Like, don't worry. Um, I am curious to see the direction it goes next week because I feel like it could tip either way at this mm-hmm. point for me. It could tip that, like, I like it a little bit better. Or it can tip, like, nope, episode three and four was kind of a fluke and we're back to the same shenanigans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, for sure. I, I'm curious. It's got my curiosity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if I weren't watching the show for this show, I would still probably be watching um, the next two episodes at least. Yeah. Yeah. If I got this far, I would continue watching. I mean, really, realistically, I would like decide one day to pick it up and watch all of it. And I probably would have gotten to about episode three to decide how I feel. I'd be like, okay, this is like about the third of the way point if it hasn't gotten its shit together and it's also only 10 episodes it's not like super long it looks like every episode thus far has also been written by someone different okay interesting yeah i just find that a little interesting that each episode thus far has been written by someone different yeah i did also while i was uh doing my mindy deep dive i saw that she had written more episodes of the office than any other writer which i thought was really interesting that is interesting yeah and she had written some of my favorites too, like Sure of the Dundies episode, which I know a lot of people really love. Um, hmm Yeah. Nice. Here's your Hell little yeah. Mindy, Mindy uh, Kaling fun facts. <laughs> you come here for Scooby-Doo, we give you Mindy Kaling fun facts. Yeah, we talk about The Office and uh, other adult animation shows. <laughs> I'm actually trying to remind myself actually what happens in the Dundies episode. Uh, it's the that's award the, thing, That's right? the awards one in yeah, the yeah, Chili's yeah, yeah. where Pam at the end is like, I feel God in this Chili's tonight, which I know a lot of people say is like one of their favorite lines. It's a pretty great quote, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where Pam gets banned from Chili's for the rest of the series. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Do we want to talk about Mystery Incorporated? Hell yeah, I do. Oh, I like Mystery Incorporated a lot. It was fun going back and uh, watching the first five episodes. We're going to talk about the first six episodes. I have seen the sixth episode. And I even, I think, got like halfway through it. And I was just like, oh, we're only doing the first five. I'll like go do something <laughs> else. Yeah, we, we agreed <laughs> to watch the first five. And then I kind of threw a monkey wrench in it by watching the first five before we decided which episodes we were going to watch. Yeah. And so I had already finished watching the first five. And then I was like itching to watch more of it. So I started watching episode six. And then when it ended, I was like, damn, that's actually a much better place to end. Yeah. Because it kind of ends with like the overarching, speaking of the uh, mystery of Uh a season, there's like a cliffhanger there for like the overarching mystery at the end of episode six. Yeah. uh, With Mr. E. Mr. E. Get it? Mr. E. Yeah. Um, (laughs) If you don't know, so Mystery Incorporated is is a cartoon. It is also for kids. I think it aired on Cartoon Network starting in about 2009 and it went for two seasons uh, with about 22 episodes each. And um, it is... Like, they do have a different mystery every episode, but there is also an overarching mystery throughout the show um, related to Mr. E, as well as the mysterious locket that they found. Um, Mm -hmm. And stuff that happens in previous episodes does continue to, like, affect them as they go. So it's not fully Monster of the Week style, like like Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? or some of the other ones. Um, They do have, like, a continuity between episodes. And uh, it's also set in Crystal Cove, just like Velma. It is set in Crystal Cove. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, 
I um I really like it. I really like Mystery Incorporated so far. Um I think I've seen I've seen a few episodes like here and there, I think, because I think this show when it initially came out, I was like still <laughs> I was still like watching TV fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Um I do not watch TV anymore now. Almost everything is like all exclusively on streaming services yeah. at this point. Um and so I think there were definitely some times where I caught this um, on the air. Like if I was watching like regular show, which I think was also on at this time, Adventure Time, I think was also on at this time. Um, and so I think uh, I did manage to catch a few episodes. I certainly do not recall any of the overarching plot or even the individual episode plot mm-hmm. um, for those. But uh, I'm glad that I've gotten to watch it because of this show. Yeah. And um yeah, I really like it so far. It is really funny. It is um, super funny. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like I was laughing for sure." If you think like Velma is devoid of laughs and you want to feel better about like Scooby-Doo and remind yourself of why you like Scooby-Doo, uh, I feel like this was a great like palate cleanser. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of why I wanted to do it, especially too cuz I felt like in our last episode I referenced Mystery Inc so much just cuz it's one of my favorite pieces of Scooby media. But, like, it just has such good, like, characterization. It has kind of, like, fun Monster of the Week stuff. It has, like, kind of an interesting overarching mystery. Um, and, yeah, I love Fred in it. It's by far my favorite Fred. I think that they just, like, nailed something that I think I... a lot of people struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> I love having Fred be obsessed with traps. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's not he's not stupid. He's, no. like, because I think, like, that's something that a lot of people do with Fred is that, yeah. like, he's just stupid. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, that's fine, I suppose. Like, Fred can be the, the, the punching bag here. Um, yeah. But I, I like, like, what they have with Fred is that, like, yeah, he does like very silly, clueless things, mm-hmm. but he's he's like really smart about oddly specific things related yeah. to traps and locks, <laughs> and like yeah. he's just like super hyper fixated on that. And yeah. like he's a fairly like capable and brave leader still in the show too. And yeah. so I think like there's like a lot of cool things about Fred um, for sure in this one. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Um, He definitely, like, a lot of his arc is about him not being super, like, emotionally intelligent. Like, he doesn't really get, like, why the things he says sometimes, like, hurt people or put them off or, like, why people react the way that they do. If he, you know, also notices because he's very in love with uh, traps and how traps work and stuff like that. Um, I love Fred in this. He is, he's such a, he's such a good boy. And he has some of the funniest lines, too. And he's also played by uh, Frank Welker, who's one of my favorite uh, Fred actors. Probably my favorite, actually, because I, I don't know how impressed I am with other people's uh, versions of Fred. Yeah, I think Frank Welker is, like, probably the the person I think of when it comes to Fred, to be honest. Yeah. Well, he's played Fred in, I, I think, when I was looking it up, the only times he hasn't played Fred in a television show is a pup named Scooby-Doo and Velma, but he is in Velma. He plays Fred's father. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they went that stunt casting with uh, Glenn Howerton, I guess. But it would have been funny if they would just been like, no, it's just Frank Welker also for some reason. <laughs> and uh, he also plays Scooby in it, I think. 
Um, but we also have Scooby losing the uh, Rodic replacement, where he's not going like rut row, he's going like uh oh, but like in a Scooby voice. Yeah, I did notice that actually, yeah. which was really funny. That like he gets a lot more like intelligible. Um, yeah, and so I thought that that was interesting. Yeah, because you almost in the other ones have to have people repeating what he said. But Mm -hmm. um, in this one, because he does also have his own character arc, he's a lot more like emotionally intelligent than he is in other ones. He's not like just the goofy mascot making a joke. Um, He's like a full on character who has an arc and stuff like that. So they to make him uh, more comprehensible, they uh, they lost that like Rodic replacement. And now he just sort of does the like gravelly dog voice, but uh, he's not doing the the R's everywhere. Yeah, he's he's not going, you know, raggy all the time. Yeah. You know? Um and I do think it's interesting that like I mean, this is like kind of the role that Scooby plays like in this. He also does it in Scoob. Um he's done it in a lot of things where he's like always like functionally been like Shaggy's best friend, but it's mm-hmm. always like I mean, he's like a dog, you know, yeah. that like he's not like at like the same level as Shaggy and I feel like in this show like at least the initial first few episodes Scooby is like like being avoided to talk to about his like new relationship with Velma which is like not yeah. a conflict that really would have existed <laughs> you know what I mean like up until no. this point yeah. with like depictions of Scooby it's like why the fuck do you care about telling your dog that you're in a, you know what I mean yeah um, and so it's like 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 there's like stakes <laughs> to that relationship and I just thought that was cute that yeah. like you know um Shaggy's like worried about Scooby being like hurt by Mm -hmm. you know being in this relationship with Velma um, or whatever and of course Velma's you know taking it as he's you know not um, interested in being with her or wants to Mm -hmm. keep her a secret or something like that but it's really about um, you know not wanting to tell Scooby and I thought that that was a cute little like conflict for them to kind of have um, starting off here. Yeah, yeah, I like that too, because I mean, even in our last episode, uh, where we watched live action Scooby-Doo, you saw elements of Scooby being jealous of other relationships Shaggy has, like with uh, Mary Jane in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But here, it it goes a lot deeper than that. It's not just that Scooby's jealous because like, Shaggy will be spending less time with him. It's like, he has a relationship with Scooby-Doo that is, like, now being threatened by a relationship with another person. Like, they have their mm-hmm. routine together. They have these things that they do. Um, Scooby is, like, kind of a self-actualized dog in this. Like, he's very, like, conscious and um, decidedly less goofy, although they they all have, like, goofy parts to them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's super interesting to see because I don't know that I can really think of one off the top of my head where Scooby is like that. Like you have like obviously Scooby talks. He has like a personality, stuff like that. Um, but usually he's utilized as like the kind of like, oh, like this is for the kids. It's the dog. It's the mascot um, right. and not as like a character with an arc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think he he's definitely still does that. Like, I think this show still hits for kids, right? You know, um, I still think he definitely like has some of those wacky qualities and things like that to him. And I think like just in general, like kids just like talking animals, so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, they're just gonna like a talking animal no matter what. 
Um, but, um, yeah, I just think it's interesting that, like, he's he's got something kind of developing there. Of course, I don't know what his whole arc is just yet, mm-hmm. um, you know, since we haven't finished the season or anything. But I'm, I'm liking what they've set up with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's all good. Uh, and more reason to have Scooby in Scooby Media. Why yes. do we not have Scooby in Velma? I, I did, so I did read, I don't know, like, what the details are, but apparently there was a licensing issue with Scooby, the character, versus, like, the rest of the gang. Mm, okay. So I will, I, I don't know the details, I could be wrong on that, but that is what I read uh, earlier today. So I'm like, okay, like, I'll, I'll give them that, I guess. Um, but it definitely does make it feel a whole lot less like Scooby-Doo, especially when you're doing such a huge change from, like, where the characters start and even in, like, um, the tone of it and being, like, so much more adult and, like, violent and stuff like that and, like, losing mm-hmm. the monster of the week thing. Um, yeah, it just, it makes it feel, like, so much like, oh, these are just, like, teenagers. <laughs> like, they're just fucking around, you know, doing whatever. Um but then making it be like, no, 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 it's part of the Scooby-verse, of course, like, brings in its own, like, uh, marketing benefits and things like that. But mm-hmm. but anyway, Mystery Incorporated. <laughs> yes, more Mystery Incorporated. Um, I think just on the note of characters um, in this one, I think there's... So we go from having Velma being completely uninterested in Shaggy to being extremely interested mm-hmm. um, in Shaggy in this show. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of like having tonal whiplash watching these shows back to back (laughs) and having these characters be very different. Um, But I think like that's there's a little bit I think is kind of missing currently with Velma for me, I think, in this show um, where I think we're just spending more time or maybe I don't know, I'm just not liking what what they're doing so far with her. Um, but like, I just feel like she's mm, kind of like very focused on this, like conflict with like Shaggy and Scooby and this relationship and very focused on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not giving her a ton to do outside of that, I think. Yeah. Which to be fair is also kind of how like Daphne is currently too, um, which kind of makes sense. I think like these episodes are like what 20 minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's mostly a monster of the week show. And so you really spend like I don't know, like 5 minutes total I think with these characters kind of advancing their individual stories each time. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, this kind of makes sense I guess for the pace of the show. Um, but you know, I think it's just like, it's very weird though. I think probably it's, it's me more just feeling odd coming Mm -hmm. from a a very different depiction of Velma, having her be like all over, um, Shaggy, I think in this show is kind of like, oh, oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. These are very different versions of, um, all the characters, but it is like so interesting to kind of like. At least what I had been doing was watching just everything all at once, 
Um, so you kind of get these weird connections in your head. Like I was sort of like uh, last episode watching a live action one and the start of Velma. I'm like, oh, there were like definitely better ways to do the adult humor. And like you already have an example of it working. Um, Velma in the first couple episodes, like Velma and Daphne both, like you said, they don't have like a ton to do. Um, Fred, I think, is the most heavily characterized because he's the one mm-hmm. that I think has the largest departure from who he is, where he goes from being like the leader TM to like, oh, actually, he's not very emotionally intelligent and he loves traps. That's like his whole thing is, is like traps. Um and, like, here we have Daphne where it's, like, you know, she kind of has the danger-prone Daphne thing. Sometimes she gets caught a lot. Um, she's very wealthy. And Velma, it's, like, she's smart. She's usually the one who, like, figures out at the end, like, why they were doing it that way or whatever. Um and you kind of like throw both of them into this position of pining for one of the boys in the group, which mm-hmm. is semi-problematic. Um, yeah, for sure that that's like their starting point uh i i do think that they get better characterized as the show goes but yeah just like from what it is now they don't have a whole lot to do and a whole lot going on with like their stories and stuff um Mm -hmm. yeah because i think like daphne um they even have like this uh scene where it's daphne talking to her parents um because i think like a lot of my things about velma of course apply here to daphne as well since they both are serving very similar roles i think in their um kind of place right now on the team um but there's this scene with daphne talking with her parents and they're like oh why don't you why don't you just be more like your sisters and Mm -hmm. she's got like three uh twin sisters or whatever that all have like very like barbie-esque kind of jobs uh, yeah just like one's like an astronaut and one is like you know whatever yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and she's like i don't want that i just want to like solve mysteries and stuff like with my friends basically and like i just want to be with fred and like that's pretty much every time she's talking to her parents or whatever she's just like pining for fred yeah um but i do like i I like the thing um and this is something that i kind of wish they would do more in velma is this thing of they are doing the monster of the week kind of thing um in each episode of course where like there's that one story which really is just like easy for broadcast of course and just like kids like picking up the show whenever um but they actually have more of that like overarching thing that's interwoven in each episode. And I like the pace of it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that like I don't feel like I'm totally starved for things six episodes in. And yeah. I can't say the same for like Velma, you know? Yeah. Um, or just like the pace of things is just off, um, you know? But um, I think that kind of takes me to my next point here about like the overarching like mystery of the show though of having this mystery mm-hmm. uh, mystery in this locket um that they find i think episode one yeah episode one um now the only thing that's like totally confusing for me and i might have missed it so feel free to clear it up for me what the hell is the radio station and why are they hanging out there? <laughs> like, they just kind of just like instantly do it. And I'm like, why is this a thing? Like they didn't explain this. 
Yeah, they they didn't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. No, I thought that was extremely random when I first started watching it. Um, <laughs> there is stuff that comes up later in the show. Um, it, they do not explain why they hang out at the radio station all the time or like anything like that. The, <laughs> okay. No, they just they just throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, they just they needed a they needed a hangout for the gang, and so they just pick a radio station. And I will say, it just happens out of nowhere. Like it's yeah. just at the end of episode one, I'm just like, okay, why are we at a radio station? Who's yeah. this DJ? Like, yeah, it's... no, it is completely random. You did not miss something. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like what they're they're getting at. But I think what they end with, um, I think episode six, we get a few clues for the overall mystery. And I know you didn't like immediately just watch episode six, but in episode six, that's the one where um, Daphne, while she is, I think, upset or whatever, goes to the library, I think, and finds clues about the locket, I think, mm. in episode six. Okay. Um, and then I think at the end of it, they um they get this yearbook that reveals that there was another mystery um incorporated that was listed there like in the mm-hmm. yearbook so they find this other mystery incorporated um that went missing years ago or whatever and mm-hmm. that's what mr e has been pointing them to which is why i was like oh episode six is so much better to yeah. like end on um that yeah, you just have I'm... like this like <laughs> real big like first big break in their like overarching mystery at the end of episode six really yeah yeah i was trying to remember where exactly that was because i vaguely remembered it happening um but I've, I've I watched the show like I think about a year ago at this point or no no because I was already living in this house so it was probably around like maybe mm-hmm. like four or five six months ago something like that so I didn't remember exactly where everything was um because like mm-hmm. I said I like to binge watch things um but yeah that also makes sense because that would be around the quarter mark of the show that it would be about five or six or of the season I should say not the show. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, then you have like the halfway and and stuff like that. But uh, season two, especially, it starts like ramping up a lot. Um, There's a lot that, you know, goes on as the season continues. Um, And I think it's like a cool mystery as you sort of like learn more about it. And it has this interesting pace where it's like uh, you get really only these like trickles and reminders that like, oh, there's this other mystery going on until the episodes where you get like the big reveals and stuff like that. But then also you have the 22 minute long mysteries that that they start and then solve um, Mm -hmm. by the end of the episode and ruin the town's tourism as they go. (laughs) (laughs) I also, uh, I mentioned earlier that, like, the comedy of the show is, like, really good. Like, (laughs) I think I shared this with, uh, I shared this with my partner because it was so funny to me that I think it was, what, episode uh, two? They go to Gatorsburg. Gatorsburg. uh, And the little, like, like sequence of just establishing the history of the town i was like screaming laughing over Uh them like finding gators in (laughs) 
<laughs> like they were just the like gator, searching for I think gold. They, said the they gator just find mines gators. Dried up. Yeah, the gator mines <laughs> dried up, and I just thought that was so silly. And I'm like, that's like the hardest I've laughed at like anything between like Velma or anything I've been watching for like the past week or so. So I was like. Oh, thank you, Mystery Incorporated, for this laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really funny. And I think the um, the sheriff, uh, Patrick Warburton, I think, is in yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's uh, he's he's pretty funny as the sheriff and mm-hmm. doing his classic like you know screaming thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the humor of the show, I think, is really like what what like made me go like oh yeah scooby-doo is really funny <laughs> because Velma yeah. is really devoid of a lot of laughs yeah and so i was glad to come back to something that was uh very funny and and had a lot of just like silly jokes yeah that's why i like mystery incorporated so much because like you get the sort of like fun mystery stuff um, I don't love the art, like, but I do like the overall like aesthetic of the art. I think that, well, I guess I should mm-hmm. say some of the character design stuff gets a little weird sometimes. Um, but I, I don't think it's like cute. I don't like what they did with Velma's hair. Oh, I hate Velma's hair. That's like the worst part. That's like most yeah. of what I'm talking about. Yep. I like, was like, I feel like I yeah. know what we're talking about here, and it's yeah. Velma's hair. It's the, it's the <laughs> weird. She has like two little red hair bows for like no reason, and I'm like, I just don't like them. I think she does lose them at some point, or maybe I just like stop noticing them. Um, I think that Fred looks cool in that sort of animation style. I think that Scooby looks like Scooby. Um, Daphne mm-hmm. having these very vivid like purple eyes sometimes gets like a little weird looking but uh, i think that they paid Mm -hmm. homage enough to like the original art style while like making it their own um i think the backgrounds and stuff are really cool and like how different the lighting is when they go to like all the different locations can be really neat but yeah just Mm -hmm. like velma especially i'm like velma's designed sort of oddly in this yeah and i think i noticed it like I think the intro for the show, like they've changed the the style a little bit, or maybe just with the animation itself, it like doesn't look as jarring. But I think like the characters all look a little bit like lankier in the mm-hmm. intro and like yeah. more angular. Like, and then when you watch the show, they don't quite look like that. But for some reason, like Velma's face is very angular, mm-hmm. which I don't think is very flattering to her um i think fred looks fine um and everybody else just for the most part but yeah like velma sticks out like in a really weird way with just like how she's drawn yeah and i think i mean in other like times people have drawn her like even looking to the original show she's like the roundest of of everyone she has that like short round haircut that's like supposed to look very fluffy and she has this like sweater that's all curves and stuff like that that's supposed to look very like soft and loose and relaxed and like mm-hmm. those those like um black patent leather shoes that are very rounded at the toe and stuff um mm-hmm. whereas you have Daphne who's like very like hourglass like or Fred who has this like big like you know big like chest broad shoulders thing yeah yeah. and shaggy who's very skinny and scooby who's the mascot like um 
Velma has a unique look and a look that doesn't really change. Um, and mind you, Scooby, who looks nothing like a Great Dane, actually looks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every, time, every time I see a Great Dane, I'm like, that looks nothing like Scooby. <laughs> I remember having a book of like little Scooby-Doo games when I was young. And it, one of them was a quiz on the inside that was, what kind of dog is Scooby? And it had a couple different ones. And I'm like none of these like he none of those yeah and of course the right answer is he's a great dane but uh, besides being large i'm like that's not what a great dane looks like no and when they've done like live action like uh fan things or whatever and they have like an actual great dane in it it just looks so it looks weird. so weird it looks so weird <laughs> yeah he's just like round goofy dog and great danes like they're like they're like work dogs they're like very muscular almost like you know regal looking and i'm just like that looks nothing like scooby <laughs> not at all yeah. I do think like the one thing that stands out very much with this art style is the like eyes, mm-hmm. the like just dots yeah. for the eyes. I'm not crazy about that art style choice of just drawing eyes that way because I feel like Scooby is the only one that has like white eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the in the whole show, pretty much. Yeah, like everybody else just has like dots which i mean they've done that before in other art styles so it's not to say like this show is the first of its kind to do that or anything you know like yeah. there's there's other ones that have done it um but i do think in this show it's like it's kind of weird like i think it stood out to me on the um the alice may episode episode six Mm-hmm. Of just having like everybody with these like I don't I don't know like frankly kind of soulless looking eyes, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have this like villain who's like I don't know a lot of times in in these kinds of like Scooby Doo esque shows or something you have like somebody like their eyes are the tell right mm-hmm. and so if everybody looks like they have soulless eyes I'm like it's just kind of, it's just kind of like this like weird feeling of like just looking at these characters with all of these soulless looking eyes yeah <laughs> yeah that's like a Hanna-Barbera holdover that uh I think so yeah that people don't draw like the whites of their eyes or anything mm-hmm. um I think that the best, like, sort of marriage of that while, like, sort of retaining, um, like, the whites of their eyes and stuff is the, uh, like, late 90s, early 2000s direct-to-video where they did give them, like, full eyes and more expressive faces and stuff like that while also mm-hmm. making them recognizably, like, the gang. Um, right. And I, and I think it's, like, in particular, like, the, the color I think it's so weird too. Like Daphne has like purple eyes. Yeah, it's weird that hers are like purple. <laughs> it's like why are they purple? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I was just like, I found myself staring at their eyes, like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah, like I said, some of the animation stuff on that show, like in specifically the character design, is sort of odd. Um, I actually kind of like the design of their parents. I think that it was like a fun, like, here's like where they got these features from or those features. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like cute. And like, I really like, you know, the backgrounds and how they animated like the mystery machine moving through space and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just the the character designs of the gang are just 
odd. Um, Scooby yeah. being the best one, but also like, I mean, Scooby looks like Scooby. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's pretty true to like what you've seen him drawn as. Yeah, so. yeah, it's I not like, it's, like uh, yeah, it's super not like, stylized. Yeah, it's not like be cool Scooby Doo or something where he's like totally different to fit like. An oh, what the different. fuck did they do for that? they all look bizarre in that one they're they sort of like almost tried to do like i don't want to call it family guy but definitely like a more like like 2000s 2010s animation style for be cool scooby-doo oh yeah this is it's definitely skewing like and if y'all are like us and you just googled it it's definitely giving like like gravity falls yeah like comparison yeah, it's like it's very like that art style. Like it's very rounded. Mm-hmm. Gosh, what did they do this? It's just the whole gang looks terrible. But like Scooby in particular, oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't super love Be Cool Scooby Doo. Um, I'm not huge on the episodes that I have watched um, in terms of writing or art style or just like how it fits into like various stuff with like how they play with the archetypes and things like that it's just it's not my favorite i don't like that show very much no i hate to say it i'm sorry to everyone (sighs) who did so much hard work on be cool (laughs) scooby-doo which i think is still on honestly um but i just i don't love it (laughs) it doesn't see people complain about like velma's art and i'm like i kind of like the art and that it's be cool scooby-doo i'm like uh -uh." or like yeah or like uh shaggy and scooby get a clue i think is also very bad um yeah (laughs) oh apparently it actually is off so you are you are free from be cool scooby-doo oh okay it uh, apparently the last eleven episodes premiered on Boomerang Television Network in March 2018, and mm. then were added on streaming September 26, 2018. Oh, okay. So you've been safe for a few years. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was one of the newer ones. I think that there is another one that's on right now, or something. Or I could just totally be making that up. Um, Scooby doing Guess Who? Is that it? Might be uh. It. That one also ended in uh, 2021, it looks like. Mm, I might be totally making it up that there's another active Scooby show. Um, Yeah. We do have new animated movies that are not Velma Universe that come out like every year, though. Uh, Like last year, everyone was talking about uh, Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo, which confirmed Velma is a sapphic lady. (laughs) And everyone was excited. We all rejoiced. (laughs) (laughs) um i saw um i hope i'm saying her name right Haley kyoko uh Mm -hmm. she played velma in the other scooby-doo live action movies and i saw her tweet like oh when i was cast as velma i was kind of wondering if they knew that they had a that they had a lesbian playing velma and then i just like celebrated today i'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they. Uh, I think she played Velma in like I know for sure the one um, Cartoon Network like live action mm-hmm. movie, The Mystery Begins. Yeah. Uh, she did. Did she do another one? Was it? Uh, I think that oh, they, they had, had one the next year too. Was yeah, it the, the Curse lake of monster? the Lake Monster. Or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they had those two. And then I know that Daphne and Velma is a prequel to that. Let's see if they were in that. Let's let me look at the cast. Uh, no, they were not. It was two different people. I've never seen that one. 
so I had no idea. <laughs> I just know that the guy from the babysitter plays Fred, and they didn't dye his hair, and it looks really weird. <laughs> Not that he is a weird-looking man. He's, like, you know, very handsome, but I'm just like, why isn't he blonde? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I-, I thought the shaggy in those movies was fine. But anyway, we'll we'll talk yeah, about those when we get yeah. to them. <laughs> we'll yeah. talk about those when we're we get getting to them. way off track. <laughs> yeah, we are we are in the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so any uh any other thoughts on Mystery Incorporated? No, I mean I'm loving it so far. Yeah. Um it's it's definitely a nice palate cleanser after watching some not so great Velma episodes, but mm-hmm. now having some better Velma episodes, I don't know. Yeah. Now we just get more good, I guess. We're getting like more hopeful as time goes on. <laughs> Yeah. There there's an arc to this season as well. See if you pick mm-hmm. up all of the clues this season. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> if, if we did, which we totally did. You if you pick yeah. up all the clues eagle and I observers will know <laughs> um if we bring a guest on, which one of the three guests we have on is the person doing all the bad stuff (laughs) (laughs) and we'll put it all together right at the end of the season yeah don't fast forward though (laughs) yeah and then we'll like give a like convoluted reason why they did it and be like oh well if you would have picked up on the clues you would have known (laughs) (laughs) scooby-doo definitely like made me feel self-conscious about not paying good enough attention in episodes (laughs) yeah I remember as a kid, I was like so frustrated that I would like, like only get it sometimes or like not really get it like until the end. And then like watching them now, I'm just like, it's a coin flip. I feel like they don't really give you clues. No, they don't give you a ton of clues. Like the the one you mentioned it earlier, the uh, the crab episode. Like that oh one was God. probably one of the worst offenders. Yeah, like that, there's that just a guy so who literally bad. cuts in front of the screen for like a second, and then they're just like, "Remember that? Character Remember that from guy that you should have picked ago? up on because he had like those distinguishing <laughs> features from that picture we showed for a second? I'm just like, no." that doesn't count <laughs> it's like yeah that's ridiculous uh, like no one's gonna catch that <laughs> like at least in like um like episode one i felt like they had like a real red herring and misdirect but if you were like paying attention you could still like figure it out but the crab man one i was just like no that was just completely random at the end <laughs> they really just threw it in there for sure yeah <laughs> I did also like episode one where Fred, like, they were, like, on their way to school, and Fred's like, no, we have to go solve the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, like, didn't even know that they were in school. I think, like, until, I think episode six is the first time where they go, or is it five? It's five, where he, where Fred has to get tutored, yeah. Yeah, or I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just like a throwaway line that none of them like ever go to school. I, I think that they do it like in like one or two episodes where like the first one Fred's like, oh, well, we were on our way to school, but now we're going to go solve a mystery. And then later, like <laughs> they they say something or other about how like none of them like ever go to class because they're too busy solving mysteries. Wow. Ah, good stuff. Yeah. Loving this show, though, so far. So yeah, it's excited fun. to see. Excited yeah. to see where it goes. Yeah, but um, I think that that might be a good place to uh, call it for now. Sounds good. Yeah. 
So uh, join us next time as we continue to dive into the Scoobyverse. Ooh. Ooh. And maybe we'll get more clues next episode. Yeah. Eagle-eyed viewers <laughs> will start to piece together the uh, Mr. Mr. E. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news, increased sightings of a mysterious graffiti symbol have residents of Hell, Michigan nervous. While some may say this could be from local teen pranksters, others worry that the symbols could mean something more. Could there be a connection to the teen pop idol Ricky Q who disappeared in Hell last year? More information after the break. Then she would also ask if you saw the latest. He thinks that some sort of like power is being drained. Oh God, it's even at Jesus Christ. You you still pass the couple places where you have seen these symbols. Uh, breaking in? She gives him like a sideways glance. To follow this story and more, check out Fables Around the Table, Greetings from Hell, wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you want to be a hero? Yeah, she's gonna sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release Miss Terry, or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter, that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T-posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute, and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out Season 2 of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say born on a pirate ship you were born on a pile of shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so uh, yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. Back on Toral, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. The handle one of these and eat grit. Is that something you have? I'm a tiny little guy. <laughs> of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you. This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating the spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? <laughs> what am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one. Ooh. 
you send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh. I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, but I'm jumping into the gravity well. <laughs> a gnome, a halfling, and a half-orc walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Dr. Zidane's laughter. Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidbearer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, wait, way around. wait. ProjectDerailed.com